this week's Triton Spotlight, we're on the pool deck to talk UC San Diego swimming with senior Juli Arsave. The San Diego native will tell us how she got involved on the U.S. Open Water National Team, the work she's doing in the lab studying traumatic brain injury on mice as a human bio major, and how she's working with USA Swimming to help diversify the sport she loves. Plus, we'll put Huli on the hot seat for our popular Quick Pick segment. What will she share here that will shock her teammates? Find out when we sit down with Huli Arsade in this week's Triton Spotlight. Welcome to episode 76 of Triton Cast, the podcast for UC San Diego Athletics. I'm Jeff Turiel. Whether you found us on your favorite podcast platform or on UCSDTritons.com, thank you for joining us this week. If you enjoy what you hear, take a moment and subscribe, rate the show, or write us a brief review. Before we get to this week's conversation with Juli Arsave, let's go around campus. A total of six Tritons from the men's and women's basketball programs were named All Big West, including last week's podcast guest Sidney Brown and Bryce Pope, both earning second-team honors. Francis Wakoria and Roddy Anderson from men's basketball and Izzy Forsyth from women's basketball garnered honorable mention recognition, and Janae Mehan was named to the all-freshman team on the women's side. Men's volleyball freshman Evan Boyle was named Big West Defensive Player of the Week. The annual UC San Diego Golf Tournament benefiting Triton Athletics returns on May 1st. To learn more or register, go to UCSDTritons.com. And this week's University Credit Union Athletes of the Week are Emily Cangelosi from Women's Basketball and Ryan Ka from Men's Volleyball. Congrats to those two. Now it's on to this week's Triton Spotlight. Here's our conversation with the women's swimming senior, Huli Arsave. So Huli, you got your start in open water swimming. How is that different than swimming in a pool? It's very different. It is, first off, it's very, very different um, events. So the longest we go in pool swimming is the mile, which is 1650 yards. And the longest possible race in open water is a 25 K. So I've only raced a 10 K so far. So that's kind of the biggest difference. And the second biggest difference is probably the no lane lines that adds an interesting and fun twist to open water, which I personally really like. Um, so it definitely brings out a different side of our competitiveness in open water, which makes it a lot of fun. Uh, so those are probably the two biggest differences there. How do you stay going in the right direction in open water if there's no lanes? Uh, so we definitely learn how to sight early on. We kind of learn the course ahead of time and practice the course probably the day before when they set up the buoys. They try and set up guide buoys throughout the course to help us kind of be able to know where we are, but our technique is also completely different in open water swimming. It's a lot more of kind of like a head up stroke per se, where we have to kind of swim with our head up a few strokes and then kind of swim normally. So that helps with the sighting, but definitely learned that I had to swim with contacts early on instead of kind of just going without my uh, glasses when I was swimming in the pool. So being in open water, what other kinds of obstacles are there that there aren't in a pool? I mean, it's nature, right? Yeah. Luckily, we haven't had any sort of animal related issues in open water. Uh, that That's definitely been kind of handled with the with kind of the safety that goes on. But definitely weather conditions is another thing. Every single race is different. 
even if I race a 10K on a Friday and a 5K on Sunday, it's happened that the conditions are completely different and that can definitely change the course and change the way you swim your race. So that definitely kind of affects and makes you kind of change your strategy every single time you race. So how old were you when you started in open water? I first started racing kind of very casual rough waters when I was probably around 12, actually here in La Jolla. At La Jolla Cove, they used to have the La Jolla Rough Water, which was not a sanctioned race by USA Swimming. So it was only a one mile swim and it was very casual. We would run in and swim to a buoy and come back. And it was very different than USA Swimming where there weren't as many rules. Uh, so that had a lot more contact than in the like USA Swimming and FINA organized races. But actually, when I first swam my first rough race, I got out and I looked at my mom and I told her I never wanted to do it ever again because a girl pulled my foot and I choked on water and I ended up getting out and running to a trash can right away. So oh my goodness. that was kind of my, <laughs> yeah, that was my first introduction to rough water swimming at a young age. So you told your mom never again. Well, clearly that wasn't accurate. So how did you get the nerve to, to give it another go? <laughs> yeah. So we, luckily we had a group of kids on my club team that enjoyed rough water. So I decided to give it another go at the, um, I believe it was like 4th of July. They, they always have a race down in Coronado, which is really, really fun. And did again. And luckily that one, I didn't get, um, hold on or anything like that. So I liked it again. And then, you know, every single year we try new races until I decided to finally race in my first ever 5k. And was there a specific point where you made the transition or decided to give kind of traditional team swimming a try in a pool? So I actually started swimming in a traditional club or club team when I was eight years old. So I had been swimming competitively and then decided to kind of try the rough water uh, years later. And when you're swimming rough water versus say now when you're swimming as part of a team at UC San Diego, what's, is there a different mindset? It definitely is a very different mindset when, you know, I can compare it to racing at conference this past um, weekend to racing um, in a, like a national open water race, uh, swimming collegiately. I have my entire team there and it's a very different environment to having kind of, you know, watching everybody race and going prelims finals. And that is a very different environment to when I go to open water swimming and it's usually just uh, Coach Marco and I and we uh, are kind of without you know the 50 person team so that in itself is very very different aside from just the formatting of the competition itself we'll get a lot more into your UC San Diego career but just while we're on this as a team environment how impactful can it be having your teammates cheering for you on a day-to-day -day basis Oh, it's, it makes such an impact on, on all of our races. I believe I'll never kind of forget the feeling of seeing the entire team lined up along the pool deck when I'm about to get up on the blocks. And uh, during my mile, due to just the kind of slower stroke rate that I have, I'm able to see more of like 
the faces and and I can recognize different people during my race kind of lined up along the pool deck and it I'll just never forget that feeling of having everyone you know physically there supporting me on the sidelines while you know when open water I know they're there and I know they're watching the live stream and they're miles away I can feel their presence but it's very different than seeing them just literally standing two feet away and so growing up here in Southern California let's talk college how did you end up at UC San Diego yeah, so I, when I first started looking at colleges, I knew that I wanted to stay in California. And I was, that was the only recruiting trips I took were in California. And right away when I took my recruit trip at UCSD, I knew that that was a school for me. I knew when I was getting the tour and I was talking to Coach Marco and uh, David Marsh was also on the coaching staff during my recruit trip. So, Dave and Marsh and Marco were the two biggest um, kind of supporters there. And I really felt their support in my future swimming career. And the team environment was amazing. Location was amazing. I love being close to home. So everything just came together during that weekend. And I knew the second that I left that that was a school for me. And you and your family have a tight bond, don't you? Yes, yes. And so talk, talk to us a little bit about that and, and what it was like uh, growing up in your family and, and being so close to one another, because a lot of people obviously don't have that. Yeah, so I've always been really, really lucky to have such a supportive family. And my mom was always the one that was, you know, driving me to practice at 4 a.m. and always making sure that I had my breakfast burritos after morning practice, driving me to school, you know, picking me up and having another meal ready for me to go for for afternoon practice. So very, very fortunate to have a supportive family that were always so present at my competitions as well. Um, they would always travel with me and we we would go to Hawaii and New York and, you know, it was just a family event to go support me and watch me race. So I will, you know, never, never thank them enough for, for being there for me, you know, in and out of the pool as well. So I've been really fortunate to stay close to home and drive 40 minutes south and, you know, go see my mom and get a home cooked meal. So that's been really nice. And when you were younger, did you fully appreciate your mom shuttling you around like that? Or is that something you kind of appreciated after the fact? I definitely appreciate it during, but especially as I get older and I realize just the amount of work that she dedicated and time she dedicated to my sisters and I's education and my swimming career, I appreciate her even more. So yeah, definitely really, really lucky. And were those homemade breakfast burritos? Yes. yes uh -oh. they were. What was inside? So it usually consisted of eggs. Of, it had to include vegetables. My mom is very much a, a healthy cooker. And sometimes when I would get lucky, I'd get like the baked uh, potatoes with eggs. But most of the time it consisted of some sort of vegetable. Most of the time, it, I'd have to say it'd be sweet potato, sweet potato with eggs, cheese wrapped in a tortilla and always with salsa. Sounds like a great way to start the day. <laughs> it was. <laughs> uh, you mentioned your sister, Melissa, and I know you two are close as well, but there's a bit of an age gap, right? Yes. And so what was your bond like growing up or, or even now? We're very, very close. She also lives in San Diego. So I go down and, you know, visit her a lot. And she's actually coming to watch me race this weekend in Indiana. So very, very lucky to have a 
supportive sister as well. She actually is the reason why I started swimming. When I was younger, I was dancing and doing ballet and my mom wanted my sister to do another sport. And she decided to go back to swim. And I automatically was like, if my sister swims, I want to swim. So we both went and we tried out for a club team and we started off together. I mean, she was swam when she was younger. So there's actually pictures of me as like a six month old at uh, my sister's YMCA swim meets. And who knew what would happen from that? But I definitely she was the one that inspired me to start swimming. That's so cool. Did you, when you were younger, did you participate in other sports? No, strictly a ballet dancer. And then when I was around 12, 13-ish, I stopped dancing to focus solely on swimming. I've never been much of a land sport type of person. (laughs) We got all this water near us. That's understandable. (laughs) Yeah. So now in your fourth year at UC San Diego, what are your, some of your favorite memories as a Triton so far? Number one memory would definitely be winning conference last year. It was a amazing feeling to, you know, have all of our names be called, get the t-shirt and then jump into the water and seeing uh, the men's team there supporting the women's team. So those were definitely one of the highlights of my entire swimming career. Um, another one would definitely be from my freshman year going to NCAAs. That one is memorable for a lot of reasons, but that's also up there. So yeah, let's, let's, let's touch on that. For a minute um you all were at the division two ncaa championships and we know what happened in 2020 with covid what do you remember thinking in that moment getting ready to compete for a, a national title and then all of a sudden there's no competition but nobody obviously really understood the full grasp of what we were starting to experience yeah so we actually got through a day and a half of competition before the the meet got canceled so i luckily had swam one race and and got in a trophy from that race so i have something but i um remember that we were at the pool ready to warm up for finals that night and they just announced it over the loudspeakers that the meet was getting canceled and all of us just burst into tears it was kind of a mind-blowing kind of idea that that it was getting canceled in that moment we didn't really know what what you know what was going to happen but we do remember i do remember thinking that we were probably going to get canceled sometime that week because everything was was kind of getting worse in those two three days that we were in ohio so it all of us kind of just were in shock and then the next day we were traveling back home did you at any point again none of us really knowing exactly what this virus fully entailed but did you in that moment feel unsafe or on the on the deck or maybe traveling back or anything fearing for your own health and well-being i don't think so i think we were all very um kind of i want to say we were just in shock of what was happening no one really knew what was going on so it was definitely just um a state of shock i'd i'd say and what do you remember from that time when the rest of that meet was canceled what do you remember thinking while you're all fighting back tears but also you know some of your teammates seniors and now their careers are over in that manner yeah that was it was horrible it was absolutely horrible feeling knowing that a lot of those swimmers 
didn't even get the chance to race yet in Ohio because some of them had races later in the in the weekend. So that was just I mean, that's something that they'll never get back. And it's just it was just it's just a horrible situation all around. And so last year, you touched on the MPSF title that the women won. What was that euphoric feeling like you mentioned jumping in the water with the T-shirts? But I mean, what was that emotion like? It was just a culmination of all the hard work that we had all put in that year. It was just super, super fun to be able to celebrate that with the win, uh, just because everybody, you know, it took the entire women's team to get to where we, where, where we got to. And just knowing that we did it and it was just, it was just, it was an amazing moment. Uh, we had set the goal in the beginning of the year and we knew that with the performances that we had had at our dual meets in our mid season and the way we had all been training, that it was a very, very possible thing to do. And we put our mind to it. And when we were, you know, jumping in that water and holding the trophy, it was just a big culmination of all of the hard work and knowing that it paid off was just really, really nice. And then a couple of months after that, later in the spring, you all got to go to the chancellor's house for breakfast. Was that pretty cool? Yeah, that was, unfortunately, I was not in attendance to that. Due oh, that's to, no fun. Yeah, due to um, having a COVID situation, but I the pictures looked amazing. <laughs> oh, well, that's even less fun. Yeah. Huli Arsave, our guest this week on Triton Cast. So I know at some point you either never stopped or maybe you went back to open water swimming. So you're still doing that now, correct? Yes. And so in 2021, a couple of years ago, you earned the uh, bid on the U.S. national team. What was that like? Yeah, so that was kind of the, um, I'd say, a really big moment for several reasons. It was the, I mean, first time I'd ever made a national team. I'd been on the junior national team before then, but I had aged out of that and was kind of training throughout um, those first couple months just because that was the year that we didn't compete collegiately. So we were very much focused on open water swimming and I was doing a lot of yardage that the months leading up to that. So that was really, really nice to know that even though the pandemic had happened and I had been out of the water for three plus months, I was still able to train and, you know, make a national team for the first time. So that was really, really exciting. And when you when it came time to compete, what was it like to represent your country? And if I'm not mistaken, you finished seventh. That's pretty incredible. Yeah. So it was kind of a surreal moment. And in, in this is a kind of a little bit different than pool swimming and open water swimming. You don't always know what place you're in. I had knew that I had to get top seven, but I remember that at the start, I was counting kind of like the the amount of heads that I could see in front of me. And I knew that I was around six or seven. I wasn't completely sure. And there was a point where I had kind of separated from the front pack that had been leading the race. So I kind of didn't know exactly what place I was in, but I had a good feeling that I was six or seventh or possibly eighth. And so when I kind of finished, I remember just running up and looking at Marco and being like, please tell me I got seventh. Like, just please tell me. And he was like, I'm not sure. Like they were, my mom and him were there like counting how many people came in. But it, at that point it was just like, 
everything was mixing together. And so I, it was just kind of a really exciting moment to finally get the results and see that I was seven. So it's really, really fun. Sounds pretty chaotic and nerve wracking. Yes, <laughs> it, that's open water. <laughs> but no running for the trash can this time. No, no, no. Luckily not. Got it. And where was that held? That was in Fort Myers, Florida. Yeah. And so when you're competing in open water, I would guess that depending on where the event is, the water temperature could be vastly different, right? Yes. And so how do you prepare for those kinds of conditions? So USA Swimming and FINA have a regulation on how cold the water can get. And that kind of differs. Uh, I do know that I mean, it, it, I remember that 2021 and 2022 Open Water Nationals were held in the same place. And I do remember having 2022 being a little colder. That was just kind of based on feeling. But it's not as drastic where we have to wear wetsuits or anything like that. It's just um, kind of also the way our suits, it's a different racing suit that I use for pool swimming than open water swimming. And the way and the color scheme of the open water suit is kind of built to regulate your temperature when you're racing. That's so fascinating. Yeah. Going back to your time at UC San Diego, uh, we talked about how your family is close knit and you are relatively close to home. So I take it that they were able to see you compete fairly regularly. Yes. Yeah. And what are. did that mean to you? It's really fun. I um, always kind of try to make eye contact with my mom or my sister, whoever's there to see who they are, where they are in the stands. And I always either wave or smile at them and make sure that I kind of get that little, little good luck and peace before my race. Uh, so that's always been really, really, really nice to have them there at most, if not all of my meets. And I read that you're active in the sport of swimming and trying to help make the sport more diverse. What do you, what does that mean? And how do you do that? Yeah. So I am part of the governance side of USA swimming. I got involved with that locally being on the board of San Diego Imperial swimming, then kind of rose into being an athlete rep for national committees. And now I'm the chair of the athletes executive committee of USA swimming. So I primarily started working with the DEI committee just because of my Hispanic background. But uh, throughout the years, I've kind of worked with all aspects of USA swimming. And luckily now I'm you know, progress to being chair. And that means that I get to work very closely to staff with VUSA Swimming and other committee members. So um, both volunteers and staff of VUSA Swimming, and that allows me to kind of help integrate DEI into different aspects of the sport, not just within the DEI national committee or sector of the organization. So what kinds of, of actions are you all working on or what what kinds of things can you do over time? I mean, it's obviously not going to be an overnight fix. Yeah. So one of the things that we kind of do as a committee itself is provide education resources uh, for different aspects of the sport. So we have 
resources for what we call leadership summits. And in that we have like materials and activities for learning basic governance structures and uh, leadership skills and anything related to that sort of the organization. But in the recent years, I actually created a whole new educational curriculum with the help of Diversity in Aquatics, which is another organization that USA Swimming now partners with that is directly involved with DEI training. So it's just DEI 101 um, and just um, kind of providing resources for athletes to host kind of their own seminars or discussions within their LSEs. And in these past years, we've kind of worked very closely with staff to continue doing that throughout the entire country. That is so impressive. How do you find time to do that? <laughs> um, time management is definitely um, a big skill that I've learned throughout the year. But I definitely kind of try and schedule things around. And luckily, I have a lot of support within the AEC and everybody within USC Swimming that helps, you know, divide, all the, divide up all the work. When you were rising up the ranks in this regard, in terms of DEI with USA Swimming, did you ever feel like people might be looking at you, especially early on, as like, who's this college kid and what what's this about? <laughs> so we are very, very lucky in that the Athletes Committee has always been very much a um, big presence within USA Swimming and we have had a lot of support from staff and other non-athlete volunteers in the organization so it wasn't necessarily a struggle for for me to kind of help um I don't integrate myself or try and integrate DEI into the resources just because we already as a committee had such a in supportive base um throughout the organization you are pursuing your degree in human biology. So what does that mean in terms of what you want to do with your life? Yeah. So right now I'm currently looking and pursuing a PhD or possibly an MD. Uh, currently I'm actually working at a lab at the UCSD um, health center. So that's been a lot of fun and that kind of sparked again, my interest in doing research. So definitely really excited about that. And what kinds of things are you doing in the lab? So I'm working on mostly work with mice. I'm working on a project that's uh, surrounding traumatic brain injury models. So I get to perform TBI on mice. Oh my goodness gracious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that something that has been of interest to you for a while or is that an interest that's developed since you've been here at, at UCSD? So when I was younger, I used to always tell my mom that I wanted to be a scientist. And then it shifted to being a physician and still very interested in both. But since getting my position at the lab, I've definitely grown back into being interested in being a researcher. And that's just something that has been really fun these past few months. And did I read somewhere that you have a pet turtle? Is that right? Yeah, I have two pet turtles. Their names are Dr. Phil and Oprah. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> How do you tell them apart? Like what distinguishes one from the other? Um, their size is different. And okay. then their, I would say kind of like the shape of their backs is also different. 
And where does your interest in having turtles as a pet come from? Um, I don't know, actually. I don't remember when we got them. They, my sister actually got one when she was like three years old. And then I believe I got the second one when I was also like three or four years old. So definitely um, not something I remember getting. Just always remember them being in my house in the corner. <laughs> well, that goes back to that kind of open water thing again, right? I mean, turtles, <laughs> the sea. Yeah, it always comes back. <laughs> That is super. So we talked about a little bit about what might be next for you. Is your intention to stay in the San Diego area or are you open to other places? So I definitely would like to stay in San Diego. Plan is definitely to come back to San Diego wherever I decide to go in a few years. But luckily I have my fifth year next year to kind of settle things down. But am planning on training in San Diego through Olympic trials 2024 and then uh, deciding where to go from there. Wow. Well, so later this week, you and several of your teammates will be at the National Invitational Championships in Indiana. What will it be like to represent UC San Diego again there? Super, super exciting to to be there. And it was a great meet last year. Uh, super lucky that we get to attend this year again. It's definitely a very different environment, I would say, than conference where we get to race a lot of different schools that we aren't used to racing. So that will be very exciting to be able to get a different field of competition that we're used to. And you and I talked a little bit about this before we started recording, but since the audience is not privy to that, what events will you swim this week? I'll be racing the 200 freestyle, the 500 freestyle, the mile, and then the thousand will be scored based on the thousand split in the mile. So I technically get a two in one. Oh, wow. Yeah. And what's your favorite event to swim? I would definitely say the thousand and on a good day, the mile. So distance. Yes. <laughs> and what what's the toughest for you in terms of adjusting your mindset or maybe what have you had to work the hardest at to be successful? Uh, definitely when it comes to my racing strategy, I tend to get a little too excited and go out really fast in my mile. Um, I did this at conference and I went out in a similar time that I did my 500 in, which wasn't the best racing strategy and it caught up to me in the end. So that's probably been my biggest struggle so far is relearning how to not take out my mile super fast. And in the moment when you are racing the mile and you come out too fast, do you realize you're doing it? And if so, how do you kind of correct in the moment or is it just it's too late at that point? Yeah, so I tend to, uh, what we've seen is I tend to overkick in my first 50. It, in the moment, it did not feel like I was overkicking. It felt like I was swimming very peacefully and was just flying through the water and was just really excited. But looking back and and definitely what I talked to in Marco, he said that my legs were going like I was doing a 50 freestyle. So that was <laughs> apparently not the same thing I was feeling. So I definitely have to be more conscious in trying not to um take it out as fast and just learn to kind of slow down a bit in the first 50. At the beginning of our conversation, we talked open water versus pool, but what about indoor pool versus outdoor pool? What's what changes there or does anything? I would say the biggest thing is probably uh, 
the air quality. Uh, I'm used to very, uh, swimming in outdoor pools my entire life. So I remember when I was younger and I used to go to bigger meets that were held in indoor pools, the change in the air quality was kind of the hardest thing for me to adjust to. As I've gotten older and kind of gotten used to going to different pools and also the um, air quality depends on you know, how high the ceiling is. And it's very, very different, but I've gotten used to that a little bit more than when I was younger, but that would be kind of the biggest difference that I've seen. And in terms of competition, where's the neatest place or the most memorable place you've gotten to swim so far? I definitely say Olympic trials was the uh, coolest pool I've ever raced in. I mean, to know that they built that pool inside of an arena is mind boggling. So that's definitely been the coolest pool I've swam in. And do you, when you're at a venue like that, do you feel your heart racing maybe a little bit faster as you're (laughs) leading up to it? Oh yeah. I remember when I walked up onto kind of the, they, it was the pool at trials was elevated and we had to go up some stairs. So when we first entered the arena, we kind of just saw the, the pool, but it was kind of like sunk below. So we could, I couldn't really see the pool. I just saw the platform. So when I, while I remember walking up those stairs and seeing the pool and I kind of teared up a bit, I, I choked up. It was just kind of a surreal moment to see the pool and to know that I was at trials. Wow, that is amazing. Yeah. Pool, are you ready for some quick picks? Sure. All right, ocean or pool? Ocean. Okay. Indoor or outdoor? Outdoor. Beach or mountains? Beach. Sunrise or sunset? Sunset. Favorite food? Um, my mom's bean and cheese burritos. Why are those so special? Uh, they just remind me of home and it has to be my mom's. Yeah. Favorite topping on a pizza? Pesto. Nice. We haven't gotten that one before, but that's good stuff. What's one thing about you that would surprise your friends? Oh, God. Um... Oh, I don't know. Um, This is way harder than it should be. I We could come back to that one if you want. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to think on that one. All right. That sounds good. Singing or dancing? Dancing. Should have known. You said that earlier. Uh, Although, I don't know. Maybe you love singing too. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Can you sing? Do you sing? No. Okay. Favorite holiday? Christmas. Pancakes, French toast, or waffles? Waffles. Any toppings? Nutella. Okay. Reading or writing? Reading. English or Spanish? English. <laughs> What's one place you've never been that you want to go? Oh, um, Spain. Okay. Favorite type of music? definitely changes but right now i'm definitely into a lot of reggaeton lately and is that before a meet or just in life in general kind of in life in general okay podcasts or playlists playlists favorite ice cream flavor 
Coffee. Which one of your teammates is the funniest? Oh, they're going to get mad at me for this. Um, I definitely say Annette and I have a lot of fun. Who's the best cook on the team? Jordan. She bakes a lot. That sounds fun. Yeah. If you could play another sport for one day at UC San Diego and be decent at it, what sport would you pick? I guess my first guess would be water polo because I can swim, but I know that I would not be able to keep up with them in any way. <laughs> yeah, it is so different, right? Yeah. Have you ever tried to play recreationally or anything? Uh, no. No. Okay. Yeah, and I know you mentioned earlier no land sports, so no. I guess your options would be pretty limited at that point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, let's go back to one thing about you that would so would surprise even your friends. Deep, dark secret. That's what we're looking for here. Oh, my goodness. Um, I guess one thing they'd be surprised to know is I've never... Hmm. I've never been late to some practice. That's in all your years ever. Yeah. Even when you, when you were a youngster and so you weren't driving, it wasn't up to you, right? Mom had to get you there. Yeah. I always, I always somehow snuck in right on time. That's impressive. Yeah. And I'm known for running late. So that's why uh, I was them. I'm very much known for running late, but I was never actually late. I'm always running late to some practice. That is impressive. That, that will shock them. Yes. <laughs> Tacos or burritos? Tacos. What kind? Um, carne asada. Can't go wrong with that. Mm-mm. Huli, thanks so much for joining us this week. And good Thank luck. Thank you so much. It was great to learn about Huli's experience in open water and all of her work to help diversify USA Swimming. And that TBI work she's doing in the lab is so fascinating. It's a good thing she's powered by mom's breakfast burritos. Huli and her teammates will compete in the National Invitational Championships beginning Thursday in Indiana. Be sure to join us for an all-new Triton Cast next week and make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss a moment. New episodes of Triton Cast premiere each Wednesday. Thank you for listening to this week's show. And don't forget, you can find us on all of your favorite podcast platforms by searching Triton Cast wherever you get your pods. A reminder, you can listen to any of our 76 episodes whenever you want on demand. Just visit ucsdtritons.com slash podcasts. For more on TritonCast, follow us on Twitter at TritonCast. And if you have a suggestion for a future guest, you can send us a tweet or you can email us at tritoncast at ucsd.edu. We'll see you back here next week. You've been listening to TritonCast. TritonCast is a production of UC San Diego Athletics Communications. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on your platform of choice. If you have show questions or comments or suggestions for future guests, email us at tritoncast at ucsd.edu. 
You can also follow the show on Twitter at TritonCast.